Hello, NFL fans and 49ers fans and Packers fans. Uh, this is Tracy, 49ers fangirl with SoCali Steph, as always. And we have a very special guest today, Aaron Nigler from Cheesehead TV. Hey, Aaron. Hi. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Well, of course. Steph, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to talk some NFL football with some really good guests today. A really good guest today. Well, let's uh, let's start with our guest, Aaron. Your Packers had a um, very tough loss on Saturday night, but a very impressive uh, final few minutes from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it, it, it's you know it's a tough, heartbreaking loss to swallow. Yet another in a long line from Mike McCarthy's crew. Um, at this point, I think Packer fans are just kind of used to it. it. It's kind of depressing, but we're just kind of you know waiting for the shoe to drop. As far as yeah, the the Hail Mary was amazing. That whole drive was amazing. To convert a fourth and 20 and then to convert a Hail Mary uh, to tie the game up, send it into overtime, you're kind of, as a Packers fan, sitting there thinking, okay, now we're going to have our heart broken. And that can happen. <laughs> and it, it, does, it does really, really uh, you know, stick with you for a long time. But it was an amazing ride. It's an amazing feat just to get that far. And as someone who grew up, grew up watching the 70s and 80s version of the Green Bay Packers, I still have to pinch myself that we, you know, going to the playoffs is an annual occurrence. This is the seventh year in a row Mike McCarthy has taken the Packers to the playoffs. That's a franchise record. Um, we have it really, really well in Green Bay as Packers fans. Not a lot to complain about. Like I said, it stings, it hurts, it sucks, but um, the fact that we're in the dance every year with a chance to get to the Super Bowl is pretty amazing. That is such a mature attitude. To me. <laughs> well, you got to understand that this, you know, if we were conducting this interview, say, 10, 15 years ago, I would be very, very different. It, there was a very specific point, kind of a, a, a line of demarcation in my fandom when uh, the Packers in 2007 unexpectedly went 13 and 3, and they were, you know, in this, in, everyone remembers the NFC Championship game in Lambeau where they lost to the Giants. And I'll never forget it because my, my now, youngest daughter, Olive, who literally just turned eight the other day, she was lying on my chest and she was only a week old when Lawrence Tynes kicked that field goal to send the Giants to the Super Bowl. And I remember thinking, you know, if Olive wasn't lying on my chest right now, I'd be going nuts. <laughs> but, but here's my, my literally one-week-old daughter just hanging out with me watching the game. And it put everything right into it. snapped everything into perspective for me. And from that moment on, like it still completely screws up my week if they lose. I'm still completely obsessed with the team. None of that changes. But the idea that you know everything's a failure and life is just terrible and horrible and awful if they do end up losing a playoff game, that has very much gone away. And it still sucks and it still hurts. But in the grand scheme of life, it's it's really not that big a deal. That is. Uh, true yeah obviously that's true I think um you know a lot of us who really follow the game closely and we follow our team so closely we take it really personal and you know we see that there's a lot of people that kind of can go off the deep end (laughs) (laughs) I mean it really isn't the end of the world but you know we I don't know I don't know if it's just to feel something greater part of something greater um But, you know, fandom is very emotional. It's emotional for me. I mean, and then these last two years have been a roller coaster. But, you know, 
it's still my team. And if they don't win, I'm, you know, it really hasn't changed my life all that much. You know, I lose a little bit of bragging rights and I have to, I have to be made fun of at work. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, like, you know, it's, it's for fun. And I think that you have to have that kind of attitude about it. And it's good to hear that because most people that I come across on Twitter, I feel like just wackadoos that, yeah, well, it's, it's not way just, too serious. Yeah, it's not just Twitter. It's you know, it, more and more these days. If you go to the game, it's really, really hard to enjoy it. Sometimes um, I haven't thankfully seen that kind of invade Lambeau Field, but everywhere else I go, whether it's it's MetLife, whether it's up in Buffalo, whether it's you know, Philadelphia, etc., it's just hard. It's hard to enjoy the game because there are so many kind of belligerent idiots who who really kind of take it to a ridiculous level and it's you know i'm out here enjoying trying to enjoy the football game i love football now i love the game of football uh but the idea that you can only enjoy it by belittling others or uh you know reducing yourself to a caricature uh almost an animalistic one it's just silly to me and the the idea that you can't go to an opposing stadium in your team's gear for fear well, of getting yeah. beat up is is a real concern. Well, really, kind of taken. You know, the last couple of years, there have been more and more like really disturbing stories. But I mean, they had this story earlier this year of the guy down in Dallas getting shot. You know, it's just it's just madness, pure madness. I don't think that that sports fandom. I think it's a culture that is violent. Like it's just a violent culture that we live in, and, and that spills over. But you know, the the I think the real hardcore sports fans um, think that that's ridiculous. Um, but I think that that's just more the violent culture we live in. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Definitely. That's probably true. Well, switching to a somewhat <laughs> lighter topic. Um, it was a crazy weekend of football all around. It was um, a lot of great games, a lot of oh, yeah. really fun games to watch. And now we have our four teams left, Denver versus New England, which, thank goodness, because it's about time we got to see that Manning, Manning-Brady matchup. I mean, we didn't know exactly. It's been too long. It's been much, much too long. And so I'm really excited that we as the fans get that. And then we have the Arizona-Carolina game, which I think is going to be, I mean, that game might be like 109 to 100. Um, not really, but that is going to be quite an offensive showdown. Uh, so I think it's going to be a really fun weekend. Aaron, I'm going to start with you and the Arizona-Carolina game since your team most recently played the Cardinals. What do you see going on in that game? Well, I see the the Cardinals being able to throw the ball, and I know that you know they're going to want to try and run it, and I don't think they're going to have much much success. You saw them really struggle to move the ball on the ground against Green Bay. Uh, I think Carolina's front is is really you know obviously excellent as well. You saw Kawan Short absolutely blow up the soles of the <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. Um, yeah, I think you know they're going to have to throw it. Uh, the good part for if you're a Cardinals fan is that they're receiving core is so deep and so talented they match up really well with the Panthers on the back end because there's only one Josh Norman and mm-hmm. outside of him that secondary is just not very good for the Panthers um, you've got you know the ancient uh, you know pull off the street uh, free agents and guys out of retirement uh, who just aren't playing well and the, the Carson Palmer did not have a good game against Green Bay but you gotta think he's gonna follow it up with a much uh, more a laser-focused effort 
because you know Green Bay made him look kind of kind of bad for good long stretches of that game. Uh, he made some really uncharacteristically bad bad decisions. Um, mm-hmm. So you, you hope if you're a Cardinals fan, he gets back on track there. On the flip side, you know Cam Newton, he's got it all kind of under his command right now. It's amazing watching what he's doing at the line of scrimmage, pre-snap, etc. Um, but I think you know the Cardinals, they do a good job of bringing pressure and bringing pressure so they get guys free. The, the kind of the trick there will be: can the guy that's coming free can he get Cam on the ground? Because we all know mm-hmm. Cam is a monster of a man, and he just makes these Houdini plays that look kind of ridiculous, and he makes them look routine. Um, but if they, you know, can kind of work the pressure of the Cardinals, I think they can definitely find success downfield. I'm most interested to see where Patrick Peterson lines up and who he ends up taking, because there's not, you know, sure you could match him up against Ginn or maybe one of their other receivers, but I'm almost wondering if they'll put Patrick Peterson on Greg Olson, you know, mm-hmm. just trying to eliminate his best pass catcher. Uh, but it's, a, you know, it's going to be a great chess match in that regard. Yeah, I would, I would agree. It's going to be a really interesting game. I do see Carolina, I and mean, both of these teams are so good and I think match up well against each other, but Carolina to me just seems kind of like they're running on all cylinders right now. Um, and they just are such a complete team. I mean, despite what you talked about in the secondary, but generally I do really think they're a very complete team and I just don't see them losing this one at home. Yeah, I have a hard, I have a real hard time picking against the the Panthers. Um, I, I mean, the Cardinals definitely have a shot. There's no, there's no doubt about it. But to me, yeah, I agree with the idea that the Panthers are the most complete team. And I think they played like that the entire year. They lost one game on the road to a division rival, and that's going to happen. Uh, but outside of that, they have, you know, pretty much waxed everybody. And they, you know, they've had this happen now three or four times where they've gotten big leads and they kind of held on. But at no time against Seattle did I really think they were in trouble. I mean, they played the clock perfectly. And much has been made about their, the second half and going conservative, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Seattle gets paid too. And they played, made some plays on defense and got their team back in the game. But, you know, they did a great job milking the clock, and, you know, Seattle had to use their timeouts. And mm-hmm. by the end, at the end of the game, they didn't, you know, they had they needed two scores and they had a minute to do it. And that 90% of the time, unless you're Mike McCarthy in Seattle, you're going to pull that out. <laughs> right. You know? And so it, it's Ron Rivera's done a great job, just a great job of this team. So I just don't have a hard time picking the Cardinals in this game. I, I do think they have a chance, but I, I really think the Panthers are going to walk away with this one. Steph, I think you, I think I saw yesterday, you think the Cardinals might win this one. I do. I totally uh, feel, I think that Carolina, you know, Carolina is tough at home and they average like some like 30 something points at home or something like that. Something ridiculous. And I think, but I saw a little bit just, I don't know, a lot of weakness in the that second half against Seattle. And I just wasn't impressed. And I'm not really sure why the difference defense allowed, you know, 24 points in the second half, and, uh, you know, and it just seemed like they didn't, or they let off the throttle a little bit, and I just don't see Arizona doing that. Arizona never gives up that way. So I think, I, I do, I do, I think Arizona is going to take this one. All right, so we got two for the Panthers and one for the Cardinals. <laughs> uh, we can reconvene on, on who's right. Um, though I don't know that the Panthers, in my opinion, gave up as much as they they just got, like Aaron said, a little conservative. Um, 
And I don't know that they would make that mistake again because it, it could have cost them the game. But, you know, Seattle ran out of time. Like you said, two scores in a minute pretty much isn't going to happen. And that's the thing. They've done that four times this year. It happened against Indianapolis. It happened against the Packers. It happened against the Giants. And now it happened against Seattle. And each time, you know, yeah, the team came back. But each time, you know, the the, the Panthers were in a perfect position. Other than the Green Bay game where Rodgers had Randall Cobb wide open and just didn't throw the ball for whatever reason. Uh, that would have tied that game up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in any other instance, they just, you know, they played the clock ball. And that's really, you know, that's the, the identity of their team. Mm-hmm. They're going to get that big lead, and then they're just going to, you know, chip away at the clock. And it's worked four out of four times. So it's hard to say, you know, as opposed to, like, you look on the other sideline, you look at Bruce Arians. Ron, that's Ron Rivera's method. Bruce Arians' method is, okay, it's second down. I All I have to do is run the football, and this game is over. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to throw it up the left sideline, and it's going to be incomplete, and I'm going to give the Packers kind of life here. And people have been killing Bruce Arians for it, but it's like that's who he is. It's mm-hmm. just who he is, and it's just how he's going to play the game. He's the coach. He's in charge. And I don't know if you saw the NFL Network special on him, but he has this great quote where he says, no one's going to be able to tell me what to do anymore. I will. I work too. I work my ass off too hard to get to where I am right now, and this is how I'm going to do it. And no one's going to tell me different. And I love that. I love that these teams are reflection, a complete reflection of their coaches. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting too because Arizona, the way they're able to blitz, I mean, then they do it more than any team in the NFL, and they have really good success with it. And then you have, you know, we're paired with Carolina, who led the NFL in rushing. I think it's going to be really interesting. I think these are actually the two best teams right now. Mm -hmm. And even though they're not going to be in the Super Bowl, I think that they're the two best teams. You know, so, yes, I think that Carolina, you know, definitely has a really good shot. But I, I see their secondary being a big weakness against Palmer. I think that um, they have too many playmakers, you know, to get it done. And that's something that I think they're going to play their own game and they're going to, and they're going to really see a lot of blitzing from Arizona. And I don't think Carolina is going to be as successful in the rushing game as they were. So they're going to have to, you know, go. And I know that like Mathal's off and they're, they don't have the greatest secondary either. Arizona, but I do think that they can definitely give them a run for their money on, you know, on the front. Well, we will see how it goes. Um, over in the AFC, the aforementioned uh, Broncos New England Patriots matchup. Brady versus Manning, though I actually think the more interesting matchup is going to be Brady against the Denver defense. Um, but I, I just don't, I think the Patriots are just going to wipe mile high with the Broncos. I watched that game yesterday and I was thinking the Patriots have to be watching this game being like, this is spectacular. It does not matter who we play. Um, And not that the Patriots think like that, which is why they'll play well. But um, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't even think it's going to be a contest. Yeah. I I think it'll be, I, I agree with you. I think everybody was sitting there watching that game yesterday thinking, yeah, no, the, the the Patriots are not scared of either of these teams. And, you know, having to travel and Denver's defense being as good as it is, that will obviously have a big say. But you look at just Gronkowski and the matchup problems that he creates, 
And, you know, he made a lot of hay in that first matchup. And he was called for a bunch of ticky, like a couple ticky tack offensive pass interference penalties. And then, you know, he was injured. And that's really when the, the Patriots kind of bogged down in that game. And if he's healthy and good to go, I, I, he's, I just think he's the difference. I, I think, you know, Denver, as great as their defense is, uh, nobody, I mean, nobody in the league really has a has an answer for Gronkowski, although, you know, he was shut down once or twice this year. Um, but to me, he's the, he's the absolute difference maker in this game. And, you know, for as, as much as we, you know, talk about the Denver's defense, I think it's New England's defense that's going to make this game because it's they're the ones – Peyton Manning is just kind of a shell of himself, and he's doing everything he can at the line of scrimmage, kind of winning with his mind, so to speak. <laughs> but, uh, you know, at home in Denver this season, Peyton Manning has thrown one touchdown and eight interceptions. That yeah. kind of tells you all you need yeah. to know. That's not, a good, that's not a good ratio. He's just not the same Manning. No. <laughs> the, same, the same man, nor the same Manning. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I do think he can deliver a clutch throw. You know that you have to have it at that moment. I think that's where the Broncos fans always feel like they always have, they always have hope in that. You know, because he, you wouldn't doubt it if he was able to strike that kind of fear in the opposing team. But I, I go with you guys on this. There's no way Broncos win. I think that definitely Patriots have it. I have a question for you both. It doesn't necessarily matter. It's neither here nor there. I'm just curious. If it were up to you, would you be starting Manning or would you be starting Osweiler? I'd absolutely be starting Osweiler. I said it yesterday prior to the game. I said it at halftime. I'll say it going into this Patriots game. I just, you know, Peyton's great. He, he's a wily vet. Uh, he's not what he was. And I don't think having him out there, even with his mind and knowing the game so well, etc., I don't think that gives him enough of an advantage where he's clearly gives them a better chance to win um i know that's the line of thinking on their end and i know that's you know it's obviously super bowl or bust after you fired your coach who took you to a super bowl and had you deep in the playoffs every year um so elway has obviously mandated that you know it's super bowl or bust and they feel that peyton is the best shot but to me i would much rather live with the uh kind of maybe inconsistency and growing pains of brock osweiler Get him out there. Get him this playoff experience because, you know, hopefully down the line you're going to be back in the playoffs with Osweiler. Mm -hmm. Um, Unless they're completely, totally unconvinced that he's their long-term answer, which would be surprising. Yeah. I I agree with you on all counts. I agree, too. I just think that, you know, I think he's had, like, one of the, like, top – interception rates all in all regular season he just he turns it over at an alarming rate and I don't know if I would you know start him and I don't know if that's playing it safe or what but I think that they're definitely they're just they just want that Super Bowl and I think that they think that he's the signal caller that's going to do it you know with his mind like you said like he's just such a veteran savvy game manager that he can do it Um, I'm not sure I would trust it but you know going to be interesting. Well, and I, I guess in this particular situation, I'm sure they're not looking at this, but I don't think it matters who starts for quarterback at Denver on Sunday. <laughs> the Broncos aren't going to win this game. I agree there. So I, I guess at the end, the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. All right. So I am picking a Panthers Patriots Super Bowl. Aaron? Yeah, sounds, same. I think Steph is our lone Cardinals Patriots yeah, Super Bowl. I'm going Arizona Patriots, and I think Arizona's going to take it. Okay. Well, there we go. Y'all heard it here first. 
Um, so switching gears, um, Aaron, I, I'm not sure if you heard, the 49ers hired a new coach last week. I did hear something about that. Yep, yep, a really wily fellow uh, by the name of Chip Kelly, kind of a prickly guy. Um, and I think there are a lot of differing opinions on this. I am cautiously optimistic. Uh, I think this actually could end up being a good thing, as as I've said a number of times over the last few days. I think Chip Kelly, the coach, is a lot better than Chip Kelly, the coach slash personnel man slash crazy like a fox trader of players. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, there are a lot of differing opinions, but that is mine. I think that this has the potential to really work. If nothing else, it's going to be highly entertaining. Uh, Steph, I'd like to get your 49er fan perspective, and then Aaron, I'd like your outside perspective. I mean, at first I wasn't really thrilled with the decision. I wasn't surprised, though. I felt like the 49ers did it because they needed a good big name for their fan base, and I wasn't really sure about why him? Um, and I, you know, like you know, we take things personal. <laughs> it was like very, you know, I kind of simmer on it for a little bit. But you know, and I am optimistic about it now. I think it's an interesting choice, if nothing else. I think that the 49ers for a very, very long time have needed something offensively from someone, and I think he definitely, in that respect, I love his, you know, hurry up, no huddle. You know, offense. I like how he he makes you play the game at his speed, and I think that the 49ers could use that kind of drive. Um, at the same time, and, and I'm nervous because you know I do think he was fired prematurely, um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, I'm wondering, you know, what exactly was it? And maybe it is the fact that it, you know, he had too much on his plate. Being, I mean, I couldn't imagine being a GM and a head coach. I couldn't imagine that at all. But um, you know, maybe that's where they're able to take some of that off of him and give him just the coaching abilities. I think that it's an interesting thing. I think it's something that, of course, you know, I look at our quarterback. I think of Colin Kaepernick. Um, it could re really create a new dynamic. So I think that's pretty interesting, <laughs> too. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a big fan of Cap. I, you know, never, you know, think he's going to be an Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. But I like that he can do some things. And I've never really, except for in, like, 2012, where they let they really managed his game, like, let him manage it. I really felt like they tried to make him something he wasn't. And I think he could do things in the right setting. And I think Chip Kelly can make that setting happen, if anybody can. Yes, if anybody can. It's definitely it's definitely him. Aaron, what, uh, what do you think is an outside perspective on this? I'll tell you what, I love the hire. I love it because, and I mentioned this in one of the videos we did at Sports Illustrated uh, when it happened, I love the fit with Trent Bulky. I think Bulky and Chip are both kind of at a last chance saloon uh, <laughs> you know, of their respective careers in regards to this is Bulky's last chance to get it right on the personnel side. And although, you know, the reports were that he wanted Gase last year and didn't get him, et cetera, et cetera, he definitely was instrumental in, in pushing out Harbaugh. And well, we saw what a disaster that turned out to be. And I think not surprisingly so. Um, but this is it. So now he's got his last chance, and Chip's got his last chance to say, 
Look, I, he's. A, I'm just going to say this, and I've been saying it to anyone who will listen. Chip is a great football coach, and I don't use that word lightly. I think he is a great football coach. He's just got to be able to concentrate on coaching, which I think this 49ers opportunity affords him. You know, he – and I like the report from this morning. I don't know. I haven't seen anything since then that he's strongly considering uh, bringing back uh, Eric Mangini mm-hmm. as his defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I like that pairing a lot. I, I think, I I think, mm-hmm. I think Eric's a really good defensive mind. I think he's a, he's a really good football coach. I love the idea of the two of them together, and I love the idea of Balky – "Quote unquote," shopping for the groceries, you know. Mm-hmm. I I do think it all hinges on the quarterback. I mean, you do mention Kaepernick. Obviously, there's a lot that I think Chip Kelly could do with him. I mean, just look at the kind of, uh, you know, I guess the the work that he did with uh, Mark Sanchez. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's never going to be more than kind of maybe a stopgap, you know, option as as your quarterback. But you know, there can be no denying that the Mark Sanchez we saw under Chip Kelly was worlds better than anything we ever saw with the New York Jets. And I think we're going to see something very similar. If he does settle on Kaepernick to be his quarterback, I think we'll see something very similar. And I don't know if we'll ever get back to, you know, early in in Cap's career where he's running around making people look foolish, throwing lasers downfield, et cetera, et cetera. Like the kind of offensive explosion that happened when he took over. I don't think we, I don't know if we'll ever get back to that, but I do think that if Chip decides to work with him as his, as his quarterback, if he and Balky come to the decision that yeah, we, this we want to we want to keep this guy around, we we think this is the best shot that we've got. I would be I for one be extremely excited to see what Chip does there because I think there's a lot of raw talent that just needs refinement, and I think Chip's a hell of a quarterbacks coach, and he's got a great system that could take advantage of a lot of the tools that Kaepernick has available. Yeah, I could not agree with you more. And the Eric Mangini thing, I mean that that to me is just like a perfect fit, and you have. Like you said, a great defensive mind. And you also have a guy who the players respond to and like. And you've got a lot of very young players on this team that I think Chip Kelly will be really good in kind of toughening up um, and not being very soft on them. But they also really liked Mangini. And I think there's something to be said for the consistency of having him there. But I, I think Mangini's a really good defensive coordinator. And I think it's it would be a really good fit if he is going to keep him. I do, too. I do, too. I like Mangini for a lot of reasons. I mean, I was a little scared that he was going to become the head coach because I didn't want a company man, I guess. So I like that the 49ers went outside of, you know, that box. Mm-hmm. And so that was good for me to see. And then Mangini, you know, did a lot considering all of the losses we had on defense with a lot of young guys, a lot of raw talent. And I, I was pleased with the defense this year. I thought they really held their own. They did, and they came around, and they, you saw improvement from a lot of the players. Um, so I'm excited to see what this defense anchored by Navarro Bowman will do next year. It's going to be an interesting year. I think they're going to be like a so much better team. I think this hire is going to turn out to be really well. Cautiously optimistic because, you know, this team does like to play with my emotions, but um, cautiously optimistic. Aaron made me feel better after yeah. I heard what he had to say about Chip Kelly. Yeah. Oh, I'm okay. telling you. I'm telling you. It's, I'm telling you. It's a great hire. It's a okay. great hire. That makes me feel better because as a fan, I think we're we're a little bit, I don't know. Jaded. Since the ringer. I get it. No, yeah. It's been the ringer the last couple years. Yeah. And then, and, you know, it's emotional. Like, losing Harbaugh, I think, you know, it's, I still go back to that. Like, I'm still mad about it. And then everyone's like, well, why don't you get over it? And I'm like, oh, I can't. Yeah. So until they start winning again, I can't quite get over 
you know, that thing. And I understand that there was more to it than just coaching and it just wasn't a good fit. And I understand that that had to happen. And what I'm scared of is with the 49ers organization, you know, they've, you know, created a certain culture, a certain dynamic there. You know, I'm not even sure that Colin Kaepernick wants to come back to the 49ers. That's that's a great question. That is a great question. So what I think is, like, they're going to have to at some point, you know, because they've created this um, Mm -hmm. dynamic, that they're going to have to have someone from the outside. So, of course, you know, I was just not sure, you know, if, and I know they have him under contract, but you want your quarterback to want to play there. If yeah. he doesn't want to play there, you're, you know, and you're hamstring him, you know, he's just going to, you know, why would he do anything if he's just going to earn, you know, the $14 million salary? Like, that makes no sense to me. So they're going to have to rebuild from that standpoint and to really earn the trust of those players again. And I'm, I'm, I really question if Kaepernick wants to come back. If he does, I, and I hope he does, and they can make that connection. I think that's going to really hinge on what Chip can do with him, and and that means getting earning his trust back. And I think Chip Kelly was their best chance of earning his trust back. Yeah, I, I think that was. Yeah, that's a good. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, I think it really was. That I think in some ways that said to him. It's work. a legitimate hire. It's an yeah. offensive guy. It's a guy who's done great work with quarterbacks throughout his entire career. Uh, yeah, I think I, I do think that is a big part of it. Yeah. All right. Well, we we will see. I can hardly wait for September of 2016. <laughs> um, well, I think this was great. Thank you both so much uh, for being here, for taking the time, Aaron. Really, really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Yeah, it was awesome. Good discussion. Yes, good, good talk, guys. Good talk. <laughs> right. I feel so much. I feel so much better with the hiring after he. Good. You know, I do. Like, I feel a little bit more at ease with the hire because I just, I, I don't know. They're so they keep us in the dark so much about you know what they're doing and. Yeah, that's just the NFL these days, though. No, every every organization is like that now. I mean, there, there are a few and far between where you actually get maybe some kind of glimpse behind. The thinking for whatever the franchise is doing, but more often than not, these guys they treat this stuff like it's the freaking nuclear codes, and it's just <laughs> it's ridiculous. You know, it's football, but yeah. that's just the way the NFL is these days. Yeah, so I feel better. I feel a lot better now. Good. <laughs> oh, well, good. It's like a therapy session. But Doctor <laughs> Doctor Negler has made us feel much better about the whole thing. All right. Uh, Well, we have an exciting weekend of football ahead of us. Uh, We will see which of us was right and which of us was wrong. Um, Very good. And I'm sure in no way, shape, or form will that take the form of taunting on Twitter. No, never. (laughs) I feel confident. You're going down, Steph. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, have a great rest of your day. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye.